This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. All right, guys, so do you remember last week whenever I was taking you through what was going to happen? And, you know, we got Joe Biden on one side and we got Donald Trump on the, the other side. And I basically ended by saying, guys, the sun will rise on November the 4th. And, you know, you'll go about your life and you'll go about your things. And we might know who the president is and all that. But guess what? None of that happened because everything is so unbelievably stupid. My goodness, the last 24 hours has been a cluster. So here's the thing with this podcast episode. It's coming early because things are changing fast and furious. Like things are changing all over the place. I've got a lot of things going on. You've got a lot of things going on. This certainly isn't helping. So I'm just going to give you some basic thoughts and let you get back in to the stupid day that you're probably leading and the stupid news that you're watching where nobody actually knows anything. So let me start calmly with how I felt yesterday. So I told you in last week's episode, the Donald Trump episode, that uh, likely by the time you heard that episode, I will have already voted for Donald Trump. I plan to go vote early. I went to uh, the voting station 30 minutes before it opened. It was 40 degrees and raining, and the line was already wrapped around the church. Uh, It looked to be a three or four hour wait. So I had to go get some things done uh, for work. So I couldn't really do that. So I was like, I'll just wait until Tuesday. So I go to my polling station yesterday, and it was beautiful. It was 65 degrees outside. It's sunny. You know, there's two big long lines. Lots of people saw some people that I knew. And I just got to tell you, I was I was overwhelmed in that moment by God's goodness. Like I was literally sitting there, you know, just listening to a podcast, you know, just chilling in the line. And I was just overwhelmed that I lived in a country like the United States where every four years since 1788, every four years, we've had a general election. And that was during world wars. Uh, we saw general elections during the Great Depression, a general election, you know, any social unrest or upheaval. We've always had a general election, right? And that, that is a feat that is so amazing and miraculous uh, for, for humanity and modernity that it was just incredible to see that. And I was so very proud that we, we lived in a country and I lived in a state and in a city where I wasn't worried about, you know, terrorists coming, trying to bomb us while we're in line or anything like that. Now I was uh, strapped and ready to go in case something like that went down. But at the same time, I wasn't really worried about that. I wasn't really worried about somebody standing outside the door, intimidating me or looking over my shoulder and, you know, seeing uh, the buttons that I picked or whatever. So I, I was very overwhelmed by that moment. Um, Once I made my way inside, as I told you last week, I intended to vote for Donald Trump, which I did. Uh, We also had some state questions and some state races here in the state of Oklahoma, sheriff and um, some other representatives and things like that. And, you know, whenever I got into the voting booth, I I did a quick kind of tweet prayer, like literally just in my brain, not actually on Twitter. So don't go looking for it. And, you know, just prayed for God to guide me in that moment. If there were any last minute adjustments I needed to make uh, and I didn't see any. And then I, I proudly voted for Donald Trump for president and proudly voted for the other folks that I voted for on my ballot and for the state questions, but we're not going to sit here and talk about the state questions, but almost immediately. So I have the relief. I put my thing, you know, in the counting machine, I get my sticker. I move on with my day and just the level of anxiety and stress started to bubble up, which you, you could imagine, right? So think about it for a lot of you guys. Um, you know, you get done voting, but then there's the hours and hours of anticipation as to where your state's going to end up, where the rest of the country is going to end up, all the stuff that's outside your control. But the thing that I've done in the past years to kind of deal with like sports anxiety, like sports craziness, which I've talked about on this podcast before, you know, guys worshiping at the altar of sports and losing their minds over, you know, the goings on of 20 something year old athletes is I will just unplug entirely. That's how I deal with it. So I'm a huge St. Louis Cardinals fan. So I don't watch St. Louis Cardinals playoff games. And you might think that's insane. You're not an actual fan. It's like, no, no, no. You live and die on every pitch in a game. And there's hundreds and hundreds of pitches and you just can't do that. 
Like, I'm not going to be the dad that freaks out at a baseball game or a football game or a UFC fight, you know, in front of my child. I'm just not going to be that guy. I've made that decision. And so I just unplug entirely. So I did the same thing last night. I went and trained jujitsu, right? I don't get a lot of nighttime classes in now because I'm doing more daytime classes to help with the baby and all that. You get the idea. But I went and did jujitsu. It was a hard class. Got some hard rounds in at the end. Was super exhausted. Came home. And my wife had the news on. She was watching the news, watching some of the stuff coming in. And I would kind of peek in here or there. But as soon as she went to, you know, basically put the baby down, put the baby down for the night, I just turned the television off. And, you know, I took my time, you know, helping out with the baby. Uh, I took care of dinner uh, for myself and then I went and showered up. And then basically when I got in bed, I turned on some YouTube and watched some documentary stuff. And I, I just was trying not to pay attention at all to the election. Right. And so I was I was talking to some people. I was getting text messages and, you know, I'm getting these messages from my friends that are like, you know, oh, it's, you know, it's 830 and now Donald Trump's all of a sudden the odds on favorite in Vegas to win the election. And in Vegas doesn't have a huge priority in losing money. That's not one of their top priorities. And then I saw, oh, Trump's a minus 200 favorite. Now he's a minus 300 favorite. An hour later, he's a minus 875 favorite to win. It's over with. I have a friend that works for the Donald Trump campaign and he's like, Kyle, it's over. Like we're winning in Pennsylvania. We're winning in Michigan. We're, you know, we're not so sure about Arizona, but we're winning in Wisconsin. We're winning in North Carolina. Pack it up. It's over. Like we've got Texas. We've got Florida. We got everywhere else. It's over. And, but you know, things just kept changing. Right. And then as the night went along, you know, Trump's uh, chances of winning were, were going down. And, you know, some people are like, oh, it's just because a lot of money was coming in on Trump. And so the line's moving and all that. So just kind of a stressful evening. But I, I finally just unplug and, you know, I take a couple of melatonin and, and I go to sleep. And then I wake up this morning and I don't even fully recognize the world that I'm living in. Right. The, the level of chaos. And I had a feeling this was going to happen. It was kind of a you know wishful thinking that we would wake up on the fourth, know who president it is and kind of move on. But that's not what's happening. And guys, I'm going to release this right after I'm done recording it, because by the time it hits your ears, everything that I could possibly say in terms of an update on the election is going to be faulty or it's going to have changed because the last news I saw is that the Donald Trump administration has already called for a recount in the state of Wisconsin. There has been a lot of malarkey to use a Joe Biden term going on with some of the counting. Uh, One thing specifically in the state of Michigan, okay, which was a state that when I went to bed, Trump was up decently, you know, within the margin of error, he was up in that state. And then all of a sudden, and and I'm pretty sure this has been corroborated at this point, all of a sudden, 138,339 ballots were found, quote unquote, found in Michigan in the middle of the night. After everyone, except for a few newscasters had gone to sleep, they found 138,339 ballots. And the interesting thing about these ballots is all 138,339 were cast for the same candidate. You want to take a wild guess which candidate they were cast for? It was Joe Biden. So all of these ballots from this one area of the country, all of a sudden, all come in for Joe Biden. How interesting. There, There might be a plausible explanation and a realistic explanation for this. And I don't have a tinfoil hat on and I'm not a conspiracy junkie, but my goodness, like I, I immediately thought of it this way, you know, Sunday nights at, at our little fight club, our little jujitsu book club that we do, we have between 12 and 20 guys that show up on any given Sunday. And I don't know that I could get all of those guys on any given Sunday to agree on anything. 
to agree on who's going to win, you know, the next big UFC fight or agree to the next time we should go camping or agree on, you know, what we should eat the next time we all get together. Like I can't get them to agree on anything. And you're telling me that 138,339 people all had the same idea about who they were going to vote for. And guys, before you think I'm, I'm being, you know, uh, right, right leaning Republican on this, I would say the same thing if they all came in on Trump or the libertarian candidate, whoever that was, or Kanye or literally anybody that stinks to high heaven. And what's making it worse right now is that Twitter is blocking all of the tweets that they can find from conservatives or conservative news outlets pointing out the nonsense going on in Michigan with the count right now, including Donald Trump. So a lot of you guys know who Matt Walsh is. He works for the Daily Wire, but Matt Walsh uh, put a tweet out there basically questioning what was going on in the state of Michigan. Donald Trump retweeted it, right? And then all of a sudden uh, the tweet is unaccessible. You can't retweet it. You can't like it. You can't even read it. And that is happening a lot. I literally just got through looking at Donald Trump's Twitter profile and like four out of the last 20 things that he's tweeted are completely blocked because I think they're talking about the Michigan recount. And then we're seeing stories within the last couple hours about some nonsense going on with the count in Arizona and some ballots that have been magically found in the state of Georgia, right? There's so much craziness going on. And guys, again, this isn't the update, right? I'm not the news guy giving you the updates. It's going to change like crazy, but what it has caused, it has caused an unbelievable amount of stress and anxiety. Okay. Not just for individual people, for the markets, for people in other countries, because guys, this is going to take weeks, not days to figure out weeks. And guys, I've purposely not listened to anybody this morning, right? I listened to Albert Moeller, but you know, he was talking about the election, but I haven't listened to anybody with the daily wire. I haven't listened to any Fox news. I haven't, you know, uh, seen what Mark Levin thinks about everything. Like I haven't thought about those things, but at the same time, I'm just like, gosh, like, what are we going to do? Like, what, what is happening? Like, how can we have a country that is this amazing, that is this advanced and we can't count things properly? All right. This one goes into this bucket. This one goes into that bucket. How are we messing this up? It's simply stunning to me. And so I, I was text messaging myself, text messaging myself. What am I 80 years old? I was sending texts to myself over the last, you know, 12 to 14 hours or so. And so I'm just going to kind of run down some of my, my random thoughts. So one is just, you know, why would anyone listen to pollsters like ever again? Like my goodness, even if Donald Trump ends up losing, like legitimately losing all the polls were completely wrong. They had him up 10 points nationally. They had him down in every single swing state, several of which he's, he's already one Donald Trump has already won, like legitimately won. So these pollsters, Mike, my goodness, like that was my big thing. All these Trump supporters, these always MAGA Trump people, they're like, dude, the polls are wrong. The polls are wrong. The polls are wrong. Even the person I know with the Trump administration, dude, the polls are wrong. I'm like, they can't just be wrong. That is their business. That's how they make money. That's how they support their families. So if they're just wrong for the sake of being wrong, two general elections in the row, that means no one's going to ever trust them again. Right? I think someone put it online. Like imagine Um, I can't remember who said this. I'd love to give them credit, but unfortunately I can't, but imagine your job being a sports analyst is that you had to analyze one football game every four years. And you had just had to get that one analysis for that one game. Correct. Every four years. And then every four years you're off by four touchdowns. (laughs) Like just, that's what we're seeing. Like it's literally that level of nonsense. Um, 
here's the other thing that I think that we're, we're working with right now because I'm feeling that stress. I'm feeling that anxiety, the, the pressure of all this, because it's like, we still don't know, you know, who's won the Senate. We still don't know if Republicans have retained the Senate or if it's flipped Democrat. The one thing we do know for sure is that the house of representatives has got even deeper blue. There's even more progressives, you know, all four members of the squad, unfortunately were reelected uh, in their campaigns. Dan Crenshaw was as well. So thank you for that. At least uh, for those folks down there in Texas that voted for him. But those are the things that we know at this point. So there's a lot of things that are are unknowable. So what if the Senate flips blue and so does the White House? Like, I can't imagine what the next two years are going to look like, especially for, for Christians, right? I, I can't really imagine or really any person of faith. But most everyone that I know can mentally work through their candidate losing. Whether, you know, they're on either side of a, a local sheriff's election or the general election all the way up to president. Most everybody can work through their candidate losing. They, they can get there mentally where it's like, okay, I can accept this and I can start to move on. But not when there's all this shady stuff going on. So there's so much shady stuff, chicanery and malarkey and whatever else Biden would say, but it's, it's keeping people from being able to process the emotions that they're invariably going to have to process at some point. Trump supporters are going to have to process him winning or losing. You don't really have to process winning as much as losing. But same thing with Biden supporters. If he loses, they got to process it. Now, they typically process it by burning things. And that's why you saw all these you know, major cities across the country boarding up their businesses in the off chance that Donald Trump actually won. And they weren't worried about the Donald Trump supporters basically hitting the streets like Laker fans celebrating a championship and knocking over a couple of mailboxes and setting a police cruiser or two on fire. They're worried, obviously, about the Joe Biden supporters, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, destroying cities because they're trying to destroy the system that has kept them from getting what they want. Some other things that I've kind of thought about is there's a, there's a little bit of relief that I'm finding last night and on a day like today. And the big relief that I'm getting is that there are a lot of highly trained and for the most part, highly paid people whose only job is to worry about whether or not the ballots are counted properly. There is not a damn thing I can do about it. Like there are literally lawyers, there are pollsters, there are, you know, commissioners, there are people that work for the Biden and, and the Trump campaign. And guess what? I am none of those people. All I could do is cast my ballot and sit and wait and do everything else that is within my control, because this is not within my control whatsoever. Not whatsoever. Okay. Um, there's just nothing you can do guys. Unless you're the one collecting or counting the ballots, there's nothing you can do. So there's really no reason to fret. I know there's a lot of guys right now that think Trump's already won and and they're up in arms and they're ready to go. And it's just kind of like, chill, bro. Like, we don't know anything yet. Like, it seems like some pretty bad stuff has gone down. And if it's found out that that's true, I can't imagine what's going to happen. I was never one of those people that thought that Joe, that Donald Trump was going to just, you know, sit in the white house and be forcibly removed by the military or by the secret service or something like that, because he just couldn't accept the fact that he lost. I think it would be pretty apparent and pretty clear that if he just lost in all these States, like he loses Pennsylvania, loses North Carolina, loses Florida, loses Ohio, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, Arizona, all these, all these battleground States. And it seemed like all the, all the counts were right. All the machines were working. Nobody was, you know, being stopped or any of those types of things from voting. I think he would have accepted, like, clearly he would have accepted it, but that's not what we're in right now. And so 2020, of course, is the year where we're going to have on top of everything we've had to deal with and that the things that we're still, they're still dealing with at the moment, we're going to have to deal with this as well. Like the, the, the thing that's crazy about this is 
the the ongoing anxiety and and the fodder for conspiracy theorists is just going through the roof. Okay. Um, and the winner in this is no one. And you might get the implication from this title of this podcast that the winner was no one, meaning it's not Donald Trump yet, or it's not Joe Biden yet, but I mean, no one has won. And by, by no one, I mean anyone in the world that is paying attention or cares about this race. Nobody won. Because here we are approximately, you know, almost 24 hours since the first polls closed in the United States, and we are no closer to understanding who the leader of the free world is going to be for the next four years. And I use that loosely with Biden, because obviously he's not going to make it out of his first term if he is elected. But no one wins here. There's no positives that I can pull out of last night. And to be frank with you guys, I haven't even had enough time or bandwidth to check in on the Oklahoma races that I know are solidified. And these are people that are going to have a direct effect on my life. These state questions that are going to have a direct effect on my state taxes and and the the things that I do for my family and the decisions that are made here on the local level. I haven't even had time to to check those. Think about how crazy that is. That actually affects me. But no one's winning right now. And we're not going to be winning for a long time because I heard that, oh, you know, Michigan needs until Friday to, to finish up their votes and Wisconsin needs a little bit more time. And God knows how long they're going to give Pennsylvania. And, oh, you know, this is what Trump's been doing for the last four years. He's been packing the courts and packing the Supreme Court because he knew this would come down uh, to the Supreme Court picking who the next president is. And he wants his people in there. And Like, guys, it's it's so crazy. So the only bit of advice and guys, I've been flowing on this whole podcast. I literally have no notes sitting here in front of me. I'm just flowing on what I'm seeing. Try your best to relax. Try your best to handle and deal with the things that you can handle. You can handle being a good husband. You can handle being a good father. You can handle walking the dog. You can handle preparing dinner. You can handle going to get groceries. You can handle going to work. You can handle turning in that project on time. You can handle working out. You can handle listening to podcasts. You can handle reading books. You can handle praying. You can handle talking to God. You can handle those things. You cannot change a thing going on right now. It is crazy. I'm stressed about it as well. I'm doing my best to give myself, you know, the ability and the permission to not worry about it. Because again, I will remind you, everything seems so big. And just go back 20 years to Bush v. Gore. Remember when the Supreme Court basically had to decide what was going to happen in Florida, right? Now we have that times like five. But at, at the time, that seemed crazy. But when's the last time you thought about that? When's the last time you thought about the anxiety you felt for those several weeks while the Supreme Court was deciding whether or not George Bush was going to be the president or Al Gore? I bet you haven't thought about that in a while, if you were ever stressed at all. And this does feel bigger. It feels like the future of the country as a country, as a constitutional republic, is on the line to a certain degree because of what I talked about in the last podcast about what Democrats are saying they're going to do, packing the Supreme Court, adding states you know, getting rid of the filibuster, like basically shooting things in a super far left progressive agenda, right? You know, enshrining Roe v. Wade into actual federal law, like removing uh, the, the taxation relief that a lot of businesses are getting. Like this is the direction things are headed. So it feels huge, but I'll, I'll bring it up. Like I brought up last time, Rome, Athens, you, you know, just Greece, Sparta, the, the Assyrians and the, the you know the Syrians and you've you've got the Babylonians and you've got all these groups of people that thought that their reigns would never end. Genghis Khan and Alexander the Great and you know uh Caesar Augustus and all these people that never thought that that things would end for them. They've all ended. They're footnotes. You can pay five dollars and walk through the Colosseum. Right? We're not living in 
times that are defining humanity for eternity. We're just not. It feels crazy. It feels crappy. But every country is dealing with their own things. We just happen to be the most powerful on the country, the the most powerful country on the planet right now. So everything just seems elevated. So do your best to just relax and take care of the things that you can take care of. All right, guys, before we let you go, we are going to do a quick resilience boost. As you know, by now, we are men's ministry and our mission is cultivating manly resilience. And specifically, we do that by providing you content like this podcast that helps you forge spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. So the one thing that I got for you is that I don't got anything for you. I have nothing for you because some of you guys are going to listen to all nine hours of the Daily Wire's election coverage. Some of you are going to listen to all four hours of Joe Rogan's election coverage. Some of you are just trying to like figure things out. So I don't have anything for you, but I do have a couple of corrections in the last podcast. uh, I'm pretty certain I was making the point that I don't think Donald Trump is sitting around reading conservative commentary or, you know, some conservative writers. And I said, Edward Burke, and I obviously meant Edmund Burke. So uh, for any of you that caught that, and then also I kind of was a little bit, uh, I kind of got my math a little wrong on the kind of the Roe v. Wade stuff about, you know, if Trump gets three more justices, that, you know, uh, in this next line, you know, it gets us closer to potentially getting rid of Roe v. Wade. But I was including Justice Thomas in the pre-vote and also after he would potentially retire. And so uh, essentially I, the math ends up work. The, the point is the same, but I was including Justice Thomas in both areas. So I did just want to correct the record on that. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. I really do appreciate it. If you would, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher, and refer your friends to listen and share this on social media. Guys, if we deserve a five-star review, please leave us five stars and a few sentences letting us know why you like the content. I'm currently booking speaking engagements, basically not for 2020, but we're talking about 2021 now. So if you want me to come speak on your podcast at your men's event, at your team, at your company, hit me up, info at undaunted.life. That's I-N-F-O at undaunted.life. The website is www.undaunted.life. And guys, we're going to be doing some uh, some changes there here very soon. So be on the lookout for that. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Undaunted Life or Facebook.com backslash Undaunted Life. Check out our free devotionals on the Uversion Bible app. Just search Undaunted Life under plans. And as always, we want to thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their entire music library for our content. The intro outro track on this podcast is their song Defender, which is off their latest record entitled Guardians. The links are in the description. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Remember, keep cultivating manly resilience. Keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. Keep seeking the Lion of Judah.